the scriptures uh, to, uh, before we get into some stuff about David, uh, remember David kills Goliath in 1 Samuel chapter uh, First Samuel chapter 17, that's when he comes on the scene. Chapter 16 is when Samuel himself had anointed him to be the king. He was the second king ever, okay, for Israel. The first one was Saul, and he winds up spending his whole career trying to kill David. Why did you want to kill David? David loved the Lord. He's jealous. But David always got out of trouble. Now, uh, we already know these things are so, but let's jump over here, because I was just casually reading uh, 2 Timothy, I read First and Second Timothy this week real quick in the bathroom. I like to make that point. You know, we got time to read the Bible. Just read it in the bathroom. You'll fly. You'll go, I read two chapters before I got off the toilet. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Sunday school teacher taught me. I mean, but look how much value that is to you. You're like, you got stuff. I mean, I don't care what's going on. Jesus is with you, even in the bathroom, okay? And he'll help you no matter what's going on. You'll go, praise God, I'm, I'm fine. Praise the Lord. All right, anyways, I just happened to be in Second Timothy. Chapter 2, let's go down here, and all of a sudden you're going to see, uh, uh, remember this is just an email, well there it is, this is just an email, a letter, written by hand, sent by donkey, whatever, 2,000 years ago, now he says, don't ever forget the wonderful fact, wouldn't that be history, yeah, that Jesus Christ was a man, you know, away in a manger, see, let these things come back to you, born into, look at that, why did he keep saying that? Because our beautiful Bible, beautiful history book, shows back and tells us about that. Born into King David's family and that he was God and shown by the fact that he rose again from the dead. Now, some people gawk at that or they'll gawk at, yeah, the Bible, the talking donkey. Ha, ha, ha. Wait a minute. Think about creation. Where do you think that came from? And they feel comfortable because somebody told them it was the Big Bang. Okay, let's just say it was the Big Bang. Where did the Big Bang come from? Who lit the fuse? you got to believe something, and that's just stupid. How would you get all that code in the DNA? Do you know, you're, I said this last week, but you can look these things up and it'll just shock you. You'll go, praise God. The DNA of Laura herself would fill up the whole Grand Canyon if it was all unraveled into books. One person. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. Amen. Why do you think God has a fit over saying, hey, don't be destroying that temple? Well, I can do what I want to my body. God's got so much invested in you. He loves you, number one. But he's put so much in you. It took time. We just think, well, we got puppies. Now we got, uh, uh, you know, nine new puppies here. And it's just a, it's just the circle of life. Uh, you go investigate the cells and how that stuff was engineered and stuff. And we go, ah, oh, it's, just, it's just life. Come on now. Where did that life come from? Remember? Chicken or the egg, whatever it was. So anyway, so here we go. Born into King David's family. Anyway, it's because I preach these great truths that I'm here, that I'm in trouble here, been put in jail like a criminal. But God's word is not changed. It's not changed. Praise God. Okay, and I'm more than willing to suffer if that brings salvation and eternal glory uh, in Jesus Christ uh, for, God is, uh, for those God's chosen. And we're chosen. Okay, so notice he brings up David. Wow. Hmm. Well, let's just go straight to it. Here we are. In 2 Samuel, we'll start here in chapter 4. Now, in chapter 4, uh, Abner was basically the... Abner was the... Uh, uh, well, it tells you. When King Abish, uh, Ishbosheth heard that Abner's death... And now, now, if you remember what happened, Abner was the commander-in-chief for the last remaining of Saul's kids. You know, Saul had a son still, or actually a grandson, uh, was King Ishbosheth. But anyway... 
Now, now <laughs> Abner got killed by one of David's men. David didn't want him to kill him because remember, he'd cut a deal with Abner saying, I'll make you Patton. You'll be, the, I'll let you be. Remember, the, 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 the nation was split up, like say the SEC was split up. Only one king, only one tribe, the Benjamites, were loyal to David. But every, all, all of Israel loved David anyway. And so they're gladly coming back under David. Anyways, here's what happened. But this king's scared. And you know why he's scared? He don't love the Lord. He would have known David would have been merciful to him because David promised Saul. Remember when Saul was on the toilet and he cut part of his robe and he said, Hey, boss, I could have killed you, but I didn't. And Saul says, Swear to me that you won't kill my descendants. And David said, I ain't going to hurt him. I love you guys. And he also swore to Saul's son, Jonathan. But this guy and his bozo, they're paralyzed with fear. Oh, man. They were badly frightened. The command of the Israeli troops fell among two brothers. Look at this. Now this is the other group of Israelites. And look at the political stuff going on here. We'll just call him Ben and, and whatever. Robert. Anyways, Benan and Rechab, who were the captains of the king Abishvah's raiding bands. They were the sons of Remon, who was from Beareth and Jemmy. Well, what do we need to know that for? It's because it's history. It was a fact. Okay. People from Bereth were counted as Benjamites, even though they fled to get them where they now live. Okay, so the Benjamites, remember, they were already on David's side. All these people loved David. Watch this. There was a little lame, look at this thing, history. There was a little lame grandson of King Saul named Mephibosheth. You may have heard some little Sunday school lessons about this before. He was the prince of, excuse me, he was the son of Prince Jonathan. That's the guy David loved. When David, when he shot the arrows trying to say, no, my dad's not mad at you. Oh, he found that he was mad at him. He was five years old at the time Saul and Jonathan were killed in the battle of Jezreel, which was two chapters before, okay? When the news of the outcome of the battle reached the capital, the child's nurse grabbed him and fled, but she fell and dropped him as she was running. Remember, he's little. So what happened? She didn't get him to sports med. If she'd gotten him to sports med, <laughs> they did the best they could do. It crippled this kid, okay? Anyway, look at this. So Rechab and Bainah, these two guys that were captains of King Abishif, uh, oh, they arrived at King Abith, they arrived at the king's home at noon while he was taking a nap. Here we go. What are they going to do? Man, they will kill him. They walked into the kitchen as though to get a sack of wheat, but they sneaked into his bedroom and murdered him, cut off his head. Taking his head with him, they fled across the desert that night and escaped and presented the head to David. What do you think David's going to think about this? All this murdering that he thinks, well, we did it to help you. David's like, well, let's read it. Look, they exclaimed, here's the head of Ishbosheth, the son of your enemy Saul. He was never the enemy to him. Anyway, who tried to kill you? Today the Lord's given you revenge upon Saul and upon his entire family. David replied, I swear by the Lord who saved, look at that, who saved me from my enemies. In other words, I don't need your help. And remember, David's you. Every time we read this, David's you. Or do you do the 23rd Psalm today when I read it? It belongs to Dustin. doesn't belong to me. The Lord is everybody else's shepherd. No, he's my shepherd. He's my shepherd. So here we go. I swear by the Lord who saved me from all my enemies that when someone told me Saul is dead, thinking he was bringing me good news, I killed him. And that is how I rewarded him for his glad tidings. Here it goes again. So, boom, boom, boom. And how much more shall I do to wicked men who kill a good man? Look at that. He called him a good man. Shall I not demand your life? So David ordered his young men to kill him, and they did. They cut off their hands and feet and hanged their bodies beside the pool. Well, that was very Christian-like, wasn't it? This is history. It's history. Where did we get all this Christian-like stuff? Same thing in America. Politically correct. Mm -mm. 
And they took Ishbosheth's head and buried it in Abner's tomb. Wow. Okay. Which is in Bethlehem. Representatives, now, here we go, chapter 5. We're going to go through chapter 6. Watch this. Representatives of the tribe of Israel now came to David at Hebron and gave him their pledge of loyalty. Now he's got the whole nation. Wow. We're your blood brothers, they said. And even when Saul was king, you were our real leader. Do you, that's why we have the details about David. What did David do? God said, I, I, I've picked David for a reason. You know, and when David came to, remember, to Saul, and he said, hey, I'll kill that giant for you. What did he say? I mean, uh, you know, oh, um, oh, uh, oh, uh, you know, we, we know, we know real well, you know, oh, uh, oh, uh, anyway, I was trying to think of something. I'll get it in a minute. Dominique, you ever forget people's names? I was trying to think of Dominique's name. Okay. Dominique knows this real well. Because we did a drama all the time. I killed a lion. I killed a bear. She says, well, this is my first time. I don't know. David had already wiped out. And he already knew it was the Lord. He said, the Lord delivered me out of the paw of the lion and out of the paw of the bear. He's going to clean this guy's clock too. He will do it. And that's us. That's us. Okay, here we go. Yeah, sorry about that, Dominique. I, I definitely know your name. I got your cell phone number. I know you. <laughs> but you, you, we, we've all been there. You figure, like, oh, what's his name? You know? Anyway, I call Dustin Chaz anyway, so whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Chaz was over. We had dinner, you know. I mean, wait, Dustin was over. You know? Anyway, so they, look at this. Look at this. So uh, the Lord, uh, yeah, the, the Lord, they said, the Lord has said that you should be the shepherd and the leader of his people. Where did they get that from? They knew, they knew Saul was a loser. Remember Saul was feeling sorry for himself one day and says, you guys won't tell me where David is. He's fiddling with his spear. Wish one of you guys would tell me. Then that idiot, he said, David was just over at this place. And that's when Saul went over there and had all those priests killed. But remember, none of his men, he said, kill all those priests and they wouldn't move it. But uh, Doag, the Edomite, that's it. Doag, what an idiot. Wow. And David knew it. Okay, here we go. so David made a contract before the Lord. Now, wait a minute. You just you got chaplains and stuff. Let them do all the preaching stuff. No, have you ever watched Patton before? Patton was very involved. Remember that? I love it. He called his chaplain in there and said, I need a prayer. And the chaplain goes, uh, yes, sir. What kind of prayer do you need? And the chaplain and, and Patton says, I need a prayer. We got to get in there and save these guys tomorrow, and I want that rain out of here. And the chaplain, so stupid, Hollywood. Well, you know, God's not involved in the weather. If you read history in the Bible, he's right involved in the weather. He will help you in tornadoes and floods and whatever in all this weather. Man, the greatest one is in James chapter 5. It said Elisha prayed and it didn't rain. And he prayed again it started raining again. And it says you and I are just like him. Anyway. So anyway, so uh, uh, David made a contract before the Lord. So in other words, and if you remember the story in Patton, remember when Patton went in there in that raid, guess what happened? Uh, the rain quit, and they went in there and they rescued him. And then Patton, if you watch that movie, Patton went back and he, he said, uh, what's that chaplain's name? And he told him, he said it was a damn good prayer. <laughs> I thought that was great. Because Patton unrolled it, praise the Lord. It was great. It worked. Praise the Lord. We've got help. All right, here we go. So. David made the contract before the Lord and the leaders of Israel there at Hebron, and they crowned him king of Israel. He's a whole thing now. Wow. He had already, watch this, he had already been the king of Judah for seven years since the age of 30. He then ruled 33 years in Jerusalem. Look at the time frame. Here we go. As king of Israel and Judah, so he reigned for 40 years altogether. 
You know, we have First and Second Kings and First and Second Chronicles, little repeat right there, but it's still a historic record. And you only have about a chapter each, sometimes two chapters on a king. Man, David gets all of First Samuel. He gets all of Second Samuel, and then a big chunk of of uh, uh, First Chronicles. You know, now David led his troops to Jerusalem to get the heck beat out of them. Nuh-uh. to fight against the Jebusites who lived there. <laughs> You'll never come in here, they told him. Even the, Look at this. Even the blind and lame could keep you out. You know, a little smack talk. SEC, Georgia against Alabama or something. They thought they were safe. But David and his troops defeated them and they captured the stronghold of Zion, now called the City of David. Now we know where this comes from. We're marching to Zion. Beautiful, beautiful Zion. I have no idea where that is. Yes, you do. It's Jerusalem. It's right outside of Jerusalem. When the insulting messages of the defenders of the city reached David, he told his troops, go up through the water tunnel into the city and destroy those lame and blind (laughs) Jebusites. How I hate them. Well, that's not very Christian-like. No, wait just a minute. It is too. That's the origin of saying even the blind and the lame could conquer you. So David made the stronghold of Zion, also called the city of David, his headquarters. Then beginning at Old Milo, section of the city, he built northward toward the present city center. So David became greater and greater for the Lord God of heaven was with him. Now remember, let's stop here in a moment. This is a certain point in time. Let's back up and see if we can figure out where it is. It's about, oh, if you want to say before Jesus, you're about uh, 800 years before Jesus got here. If you want to take it from Adam, you're about, let's see, 1400 was the flood. And then you got four, you know, 500 years is 600 years. So it's about 1600, 1700, eight, uh, 1700 from day one. You know, almost 2000 years since creation. But if you'll remember, Moses is already gone. Well, what happened to the promised land? They lost the promised land, but now they're getting it back again. This is after Pharaoh. All right, here we go. So anyway, notice this. He was greater and greater. Now, I wonder if that's got anything to do with us. Well, yeah, for the Lord God of heaven was with him. That's us. You're not supposed to be going the other direction. Boy, our charts are supposed to be going up. Then the king of Haram of Tyre sent cedar lumber, carpenters, masons, to build a place for David. Now David realized why the Lord had made him king to bless the kingdom so greatly. It was because God wanted to pour out his... No, wait a minute. We don't need all this. We need disasters. God's not... not, Oh, really? History says that God wanted to bless his people. Same thing today. It's the same thing. After moving to Hebron, to Jerusalem, David married additional wives and concubines and had many sons and daughters. I say, hey, that's what I want to do. <laughs> well, it's history here. Okay, anyway. These are his children who were born to him at Jerusalem. In other words, record, 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 record. Wow. Ah, let's see. Shema, Joab, Nathan, Solomon. Okay, Elisha, Ibar, and all these guys' names. Okay. When the Philistines heard David had been crowned as king, look at that. They tried to capture him. But David was told that they were coming, and he went into the stronghold. Same thing's going to happen to you. Your bad guys are going to try to get you, and they ain't going to be able to get you. Now, this is just a cat story, but, you know, it works the same. I have a nice gray cat, and it was on the hot tub when I was at the pool. I turned around to go to the hot tub. I was turned back to the house, and, well, he was at the hot tub, I thought. Anyway, I glanced and looked, and there was another, well, there was a cat. My cat was at the corner of the house, and he was looking at me, but he acted kind of funny. He was like, and I said, hey, what's going on? And I glanced over here. No, there's my cat. And so I hollered out, you're the bad guy. <laughs> and he went, <laughs> and he tore out. And it's the same thing for you and I. You, you overcome. It was, they, they were identical. <laughs> and, and I glanced and said, wait, that's my cat. <laughs> and I said, you're the bad guy. And, he, 
Anyway, but David was told they were in, uh, David went into the, he was told, and he got in the stronghold. The Philistines arrived, spread out across the valley of Ratham. David asked the Lord, shall I go out and fight against them? Will you help me defeat them? The Lord replied, yeah, go ahead, I'll give them to you. That's where we ought to be today. You got trouble, ask the Lord for his help. David went out and he fought with them from Baal Perazim and defeated them. Look at this. Notice, here's history, watch this. The Lord did it, he exclaimed. He burst through my enemies like a raging flood. Remember, he wrote a psalm that said, I could run through a troop, leap over a wall. Now remember, David, this is why this is this is practice for us. Just do what David did. He burst through my enemies like a raging flood. So he named the place. David, it never happened. You're messing up Christianity here. We do not need these records. We can do just fine without you. Oh no, we can't. We gotta have this evidence. We gotta have the beauty of the world. I mean, all these other religions and stuff out there, they don't have this. At that, uh, at that time, David and his troops confiscated many idols and had, uh, that had been abandoned by the Philistines. Now, did you notice that? Now, I believe in the book of Chronicles, this story is recorded here, and David ordered them burned. But do you see these people were doing? Hey, cool, cool, I want one of them. David found out about it, so he burned that stuff. You guys do not need no idols. Look at that. Gee whiz. Anyway. When David asked the Lord what to do, he replied, don't make a... Oh, yeah, excuse me. The Philistines returned again, spread out across the valley. Man, they couldn't take enough. Look at that. David asked the Lord what to do. Don't make a frontal attack. Now, watch this. Don't go at the front. Go behind them. Come out behind the balsam trees. Look at this. When you hear the sound, like marching feet in the tops of the balsam trees, attack. For it will signify that the Lord has prepared the way for you and will destroy him. So David did as the Lord instructed and destroyed the Philistines all the way from Geba to Gazar. No, Richard, you don't believe there was a sound of something. Do you believe the Red Sea was split? Do you believe all those plagues? Do you believe the, the, you know, the, the staff was thrown down, became a snake? I mean, what, what are you going to select and say, ah, it never happened? Oh, yeah, it did too. Praise the Lord. You know, that, that staff... Well, no, that was a that was uh, <clears throat> that was Aaron's rod that budded. It was it was in the Ark of the Covenant, you know. Harrison Ford, you know, Raiders of the Ark, all that kind of stuff, you know, whatever it was not the Raiders, whatever it was the last Ark. Yeah, the lost Ark, you know. They, that's where they got their information from. They're trying to say it's hidden out there somewhere. It is. That thing was built. It's it's somewhere. Lord doesn't need it anymore. <clears throat> So David did as the Lord had instructed him and destroyed the Philistines. Man, he just, he just, what? What do you call it? Romans chapter, Romans chapter, we're not going there. Romans chapter 8, uh, we are more than conquerors. All right, now here we go. Speaking of the ark, look at this. Here it is. David mobilized his 30,000 special troops, led them to Baal Judah to bring home the ark of the Lord of heaven, who is the throne above the guardian angels. Now you could go back and find where that thing was historically. It was at somebody's house. Remember, it got lost. The Philistines hauled it off saying, hey, look what we got. Didn't do them no good. Remember, they had, what is it, hemorrhoids. And then they had a rat problem too. Yeah. So they made golden rats and golden hemorrhoids and sent it back. How stupid. <laughs> but they did send it back because they knew we ain't got nothing to do with this thing, whatever it is. And remember, they stuck it in front of their god, their totem pole gods. And the first night when the ark was sitting in front of their totem pole god, shoo, boom, fell over. Yeah, they stuck it back up, and the next day it fell over again, its arms broke off. Then all of a sudden, they started breaking out with something up their rear end. Okay. <clears throat> yeah. 
Okay, the ark was placed upon a new cart taken from the hillside home of Abinadab. Now, before we get any further here, there were certain orders about that ark. That ark represented the presence of the Lord, and it's called a mercy seat. And not anybody can go floating in there and do what you want to. So prepare for this. David's trying to do a great thing here, but that, again, this proves this is history. That's a little mythological, spiritual story. No, it's not. I don't know what I'd get out of it. It was driven by Abinadab's sons, Uzziah and Ohio. I'll go ahead and point this out. They were not Levites. Okay. Ohio, or Ohio, was walking in front and was followed by David and the other leaders of Israel. And notice this. They were joyously waving branches. They, they were excited. But disaster's going to strike. Well, God, I tell you, the Lord's just mean. Now, wait a minute. Again, I was reading this week. And... Uh, 1 Timothy, and Paul writes, and he said, remember in the New Testament, you remember the verse, he'll say that it's, it's no man can approach the light that, of God. You can't, it can't, okay? And so that's what's present here with the ark. He said, well, God's just mean. No, we, are, we have the burden of Adam on us. We've, we've been cursed, shall we say, you know. Now, the purpose of that ark was mercy seat, and you had mercy, but you'd still, it was not like, well, God's just, God needs to go to anger management. No, that's not the issue here. God was not upset with these people. There were certain ways you had, is electricity forgiving? Well, I ain't going to cut the power off. That's okay. Electricity's my friend. (laughs) It won't be your friend if you jump the thing. It's going to bite you. I don't have to cut the electricity off, and I can be soaking wet. You think electricity just all of a sudden hates you? No, we were foolish, but we didn't know. All right, here we go. So they were joyously waving branches of juniper trees and playing every sort of musical instrument. Man, this is great. Light, uh, lyres and harps, tambourines. They were, oh, no, but when they arrived at the threshing floor of Nacon, the oxen stumbled and Uzziah put his hand to steady the ark. He touched it. The anger of the Lord flared out against this is where we miss it, right? We go, well, God just, he just got ticked off right then. No, it was always there. Remember, let me, let me show you this. Look what Jesus said right here. This is, that's why the Bible is so beautiful. Let's go to John 3, 16. John 3, 16, God still loved the world. Remember that? Jesus is talking to a person here named Nicodemus. Notice what he says. He said, God still loved the world. Okay, we got that. God didn't send his son into the world to condemn it. Some people got that backwards. Boy, Jesus is coming back. He's going to toast you. Notice this, there's no eternal doom awaiting for those who trust Him to save them. Look at that. But those who don't trust Him have already been tried and condemned. The King James, let's flip it to it, says the wrath of God abides on Him. <gasps> that's exactly what happened over there. Yeah. Let's see, that's verse 18. Uh, look at that. Well, it says, he that believes not is condemned. He that believes not is condemned already. Wow. Man. They're just all, and notice they talks about light. Anyway, let's go back to where we were. Okay. Uh, we we're in five, weren't we? Yeah. Five. Five somewhere right in here. Let's see, we did all that. We already raided there. Oh, here we are. Yeah, last, as far as we're going to get today. Okay, so anyway, he tries to steady this thing. And anyway, so it killed Uzziah. David would, look at this. See, David had to do some reading, and he figured it out. But he was angry at what the Lord had done. He named the spot, <laughs> the place of wrath, upon Uzziah, which it still call that today. 
I'm just so glad this stuff is fake, you know. None of this stuff happened. Well, I had to. David was now afraid of the Lord. But now notice he said, I'm just like, hey, hey what did I do wrong here? Can I ever bring the ark home? So he decided against taking it to the city of David, but carried it instead to the home of Obed-Edom, who had come from Gath. Now watch what happens here. David figures this out. Even First Chronicles, when this story is recorded, David explains that he found out only the Levites can move it. It remained for three months, and look at this. <laughs> the Lord blessed him and his household. It was parked out there in the carport. What do you get from that? Man, Jesus is with you the same way... Just his presence is with you, and you're blessed. Everything you it's, that should be your motivation for prayer when something breaks. So now, why'd that thing break? Or if you lose something, my favorite ring, where'd that thing go? Go to the Lord, he'll tell you where it is. Anyway, when he heard this, what he heard about that blessing, he brought the ark into the city of David with great celebration. Now, watch this the men who were carrying it had six. Uh, had gone six paces, they stopped and waited so that he could sacrifice an ox and a, uh, and a fat lamb. And David danced before the Lord with all his might and was wearing priestly clothes. I think that says naked. Yeah, we can take it, can't we? I might, it might say a little effort. Yeah, literally he was girded with a linen effort, but it was basically naked because I'll show you what happens next. So Israel brought home the ark with much shouting and blowing of trumpets. But as the procession came in the city, Michael, or Michelle, that's his wife, one of them, look what she says. Saul's daughter watched from a window and saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord, and she was filled with contempt for him. Now remember, this is history. You know, you women, us men, we can get into it sometimes. Boy, by God, if you do that, I'm a woman. You know, things can happen. The ark was placed inside the tent that David had prepared for it, and he, burnt, and he sacrificed burnt offerings and peace offerings to the Lord. Now look what else he did. Man. Then he blessed. I'm not done with Michael. Watch this. We're stopping right here. Then he blessed the people in the name of the Lord of heaven. He, look at that. He gave a present to everyone. This is a huge kingdom. Men and women alike, a loaf of bread, some wine, and a cake of raisins. When it was all over, everyone had gone home. David returned home to bless his family. Oh, brother, here comes this man. She needed to be in church a little bit more. Boy, Michael came out to meet him, to exclaim and discuss. That's the reason, I think the King James, it says he was naked, whatever. How glorious the king of Israel looked today. He exposed himself to all the girls along the street like a common pervert. <laughs> God. Have you heard the emperor's new clothes, you know, he was naked, whatever. So that's basically some of that's going on. Look what David said. Now, there was a reason David completely <coughs> unclothed himself. And the reason, well, he's going to tell us right here. He said, I was a nobody if it weren't for Jesus. And I was just dancing before the Lord because of what he's done for me. Boy, I bring tears to your eyes. Your own handiwork didn't do this. The Lord has been blessing you every step of the way. And he's not going to quit. Boy, look how he comes back. Notice, he wasn't being very Christian-like, was he? Don't, wait, don't raise your wife to your voice. I mean, to your, don't raise your voice to your wife. David did. He said, I was dancing before the Lord who chose me above your father and his family and appointed me king of Israel, uh, uh, of Israel, the people of the Lord. So I am willing to act like a fool in order to show my joy in the Lord. Wow. Yes, and I am willing to look even more foolish than this. And notice he says, and by the way, those women in that town, they respect me. And they did. They weren't like, well, you's a pervert. 
See, Michelle had just, she just, she just lost her way. Michael, whatever you want to call her. Notice that next phrase. So Michael, Michelle, was childless throughout her life. I wonder what happened there. Well, he didn't say anything about the Lord, but I bet you David just said, I got other women. Forget you. You know, I'm telling you. I tell you what, you know. Okay, here we go. Now, before we close, look at this right here. So why is he always getting out of trouble? Well, here we have more details. This is exactly what he said. Look at, I'm going straight to Psalm 27. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Watch this real quickly. We'll take the psalm. He protects me from danger. Yeah. Whom am I going to fear? The evil men shall, look at this. When evil men come to destroy me, and they were, they'll stumble and fall. Yes, the, though a mighty army marches against me, my heart shall know no fear. That's because David knew what fear was. He was, but he'd say, man, I'm going to trust the Lord. I am confident that God will save me. No, it's all about going to heaven. No, it's not. This is the blooming war taking place down here, and David wasn't afraid. Look at this. One thing I want from God. This is what we hear most in songs and stuff, and they miss all the meaty parts of the Scripture. One thing I seek most of all, the privilege of meditating in His temple, living in His presence every day of my life. Look at this. Delighting in His incomparable perfections and glory. Look at this. There I'll be when trouble comes. See, you go, guess what? You guys will have trouble probably this afternoon. But remember this. Jesus will get you out of it. Don't worry about it. Still rejoice. Remember what He was saying? He was saying, I want to be with it. I want to be. Anyway, he will set me high upon a rock out of reach of all my enemies. Then I'm going to bring him sacrifices and sing his praisings with much joy. And then he gets to the heart of it. Listen to my pleading, Lord. Be merciful and send the help I need. Because he was in trouble here. My heart has heard you say, come and talk with me, O my people. And my heart responded, Lord, I'm coming. So we think, well, only the preacher or only maybe some cool cat woman in the church. She's the only one that does any praying. Well, she may be the only one praying, but that's not the way it's supposed to be. He just said, the Lord said, come and talk with me. Oh, do not hide yourself from me when I'm trying to find you. Do not angrily reject your servant. See, you've got to always know you've got mercy. You've been my help in all my trials before. So I guess he's going to quit now. No, don't leave me now. <laughs> I got a new problem today. And he said, look at this. And here's that famous scripture. Though father and mother forsake me, you'll take me up. But he said, so forth. My father and mother should abandon me. You would welcome and comfort me. Tell me what to do, Lord. Make it plain because I am surrounded by waiting enemies. See, sometimes we think, I just, I just can't figure out the Lord. I just, I, why don't you just say, Lord, make it plain. This is Richard here. I need to know. He'll tell you. He'll make it so plain. He loves you. Remember, your body fills up the Grand Canyon with all the mechanics and the paperwork about your body just in the DNA alone. Amen. Go look that up and you'll go, oh my gosh. I thought Richard lost it on that one. Uh-uh. There's another way to do it too. Just one cell. One cell. One cell has enough DNA to go to the moon and back, uh, I think it's 40 times. One cell. See, because if you stretch out the DNA, it's seven feet long. Okay? Seven feet long. That's just one DNA molecule. That's why you can do the math, because you know how far the moon is. Okay, how many of these go to the moon? You got plenty. There and back. I think it's 40 times, whatever it is. Man, fearfully and wonderfully. Okay, tell me what to do, make it plain. I'm surrounded by waiting enemies. Don't, look at this, don't let them get me. Wouldn't that be nice? Knowing that when you go home, don't let them get me. Or those of you that are having colds right now, you know, whatever, <laughs> sore throats, don't let it get me, Lord. He won't let it get you. Anyway, don't let me fall into their hands. They accuse me of things I never did. And all the while, they're plotting cruelty. I'm expecting the Lord to rescue me. Look at that word. Again. Praise the Lord. 
so that once again I'll see his goodness. Well, when I get to heaven, no, look at that. His goodness to me here in the land of the living. That's the end right here. Don't be impatient. Wait for the Lord. That's, he was telling it. This is a song. He said, everybody's saying this. Don't be impatient. Wait for the Lord. In other words, don't give up. Look at that. For he will come and save you. Now, he means now. Yeah, you're going to heaven later, but he means now. Be brave, stout-hearted, courageous. Yes, wait, and he will help you. That's the reason we got the details of all these things he did. Father, we thank you for your word today. We just thank you, Lord. If we're in trouble, you'll get us out. If we're sick, you'll heal us. Praise the Lord. We're hurting financially, you'll take care of that. And if it's any kind of other problem, what could it be that you wouldn't be able to get us out? You'd get us out. So, Lord, that doesn't leave anything left but for us to tell others what great things you've done for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. 32 minutes.